everybody, Magnus here. You know, a lot of people make fun of 1990s comics. The way they tell it, you'd almost think they weren't avidly collecting those same comics themselves. But me? I've got a real soft spot for 90s comics, and so, starting in December of 2017, I'm launching a six-part mega-series called Cover Date, January 1991. The idea is to talk about, well, comics with a January 1991 cover date. Anyway, yeah, that's right. Trennis Magnus Punches Reality is going back to January 1991 for a look back at what comics were really like. Is it really as bad as people say? Well, there's only one way to find out. I want you to test drive some 1990s comics along with me. Who knows? You just might find something to fall in love with all over again. So, come back to January 1991 with Trennis Magnus for a fond, festive, frolicking trip down memory lane. The fun starts in December 2017 only at Trennis Magnus Punches Reality. You can find Trennis Magnus Punches Reality at TwoTrueFreaks.com or by searching in iTunes. Or, I guess you could search on Google if you're feeling really lazy. Cover date. January 1991 because 1990s comics are awesome. Hey everybody, Magnus here. Look, um, I'm going to circle back to why it is that you're listening to this right now, but I guess by way of uh, introduction, what I want to talk about right now is paranormal activity, right? Now, not in any kind of literal sense or anything like that. I refer to paranormal activity, the series of movies. Uh, that came out for a few years there, and uh, or at least as Wikipedia would have it, uh, basically from 2007 until 2015, six uh, six paranormal activity movies, right? And uh, in fact, I, I don't know if I necessarily even want to talk about all of them, uh, so much as a, uh, a few of them in particular. I know this is not really what I'm supposed to be talking about right now. But, you know what? It's Halloween, or at least it's October, which is kind of sort of close to Halloween and stuff. Whatever, don't judge me. And so it seemed kind of appropriate to talk about this right now, and so that is what I choose to do. And like I say, I'll come back to why I'm talking about this right now a little bit later. But for right now, I guess as far as my origin story with the paranormal activities uh, or paranormal activity movies is concerned, basically where it starts, at least for me, is uh, actually in the uh, uh, it's actually with paranormal activity three, which for those of you who don't know, it's not just a prequel. I mean, it's like hella prequel. 
to the paranormal activity uh, movies that had come out up to that point, right? So, and then after that, the next paranormal activity movie that I that I saw was uh, The Marked Ones from 2014, and pretty much those two were were really it. That was really all I. Uh, those were really all that I'd seen of the Paranormal Activity movies for a pretty long time. And so uh, I, I guess the idea or maybe the preconception I had about these movies is that they're all kind of variations on more or less the same basic idea. A found footage movie where some really scary and demonic shit is is going on now guys normally i try to steer clear of matters relating to religion in my show and the reason for that is because i want well i want everybody at least in theory to be able to to listen to my show and not have to worry about you know politics or or religious ideas that they just fucking don't agree with or, or anything like that and I'm going to kind of have to bend that rule a little bit here because when it when you come right down to it, when it comes to horror movies, I think most people, they have a button, you know? For some people, the idea of, uh, I don't know, like a, a knife-wielding slasher serial, uh, serial killer dude breaking into their house and, and tearing them up, that pushes the button for them. That's you know, that's kind of their, their heebie-jeebie zone, you know, don't go there. You know, for other people, maybe it's monsters, you know, maybe it's, you know, shit like the mummy or, or, you know, uh, maybe like vampires or fucking, uh, like wolf man, fucking whatever, you know, like whatever your thing is when it comes to monsters, that's the button for you. Now, the way I look at it, and, and in fact, have always looked at it is this, you know, God forbid the Zodiac killer breaks into my house. I will break his hip. Okay. I just, no. Okay. Like the idea of somebody breaking into my house, number one, I, I can't imagine just like I, I'm, I'm coming at this strictly from the standpoint of, uh, I guess probability and statistics, the odds of somebody doing a home invasion of all the homes that are in Houston the odds of somebody doing a home invasion at my house, the numbers just don't support that. So just from the start, nothing to worry about, right? But in the unlikely event that somebody randomly chooses my house to break into, okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna find the guy, you know? I mean, somebody's gonna break into my house, I'm gonna find him, right? Because it's not like I have a panic room or anything. So if somebody breaks into my house, well, pretty much I've got no choice except to to, you know, call the cops and at least try to slow slow the guy down so that, you know, he doesn't get to my girlfriend or my stepdaughter, right? That's pretty much it. You know, those that's pretty much what I have to do. And the thing about it is I don't wanna sound like, you know, you know, Mr. Internet tough guy or the keyboard warrior or anything like that, but I really don't fear other people. And so the way I look at it is maybe I'll win the fight and maybe I won't, but no matter what, you know, I'm, I'm not worried about that. You know, it just, it doesn't, 
I guess I'm not afraid of it is the point, you know, the idea of somebody breaking into my house and then I have to fight the guy. You look, like I say, maybe I'll win, maybe I'll lose, but this isn't something that I'm going to worry a whole lot about, you know? So I put a pencil to it, I guess. So, so there's that, right? Now, I guess for the other thing, for like monsters and stuff, first off, there's just no such thing as monsters. All right. I don't believe that there's any such thing as monsters, but in the unlikely event, I'm just chilling out in my backyard and here comes the Wolfman. Something tells me Wolfman or not Wolfman, he's not going to be very happy whenever I pull out my shotgun. You know, so here again, just not afraid of it. But when you start talking about, and this is where we start getting into, uh, I guess, vaguely religious ideas here. When you start talking about things like the dark forces and demons and, and, and shit like that, guys, I don't really care if this offends anybody or not. I believe that that kind of thing really can happen. Now, I don't know if I believe that it's going to be quite like what we see in paranormal activity, but guys, look, I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't want to give anybody, give anybody the wrong idea here or worse yet, set myself up to be called a liar. But guys, I've seen some really twisted fucking things you know, in my life. And it's not that big of a stretch for me to think that, you know what? Maybe demons really do exist. And maybe they really do intend harm of some kind. You know, that just doesn't seem, that doesn't seem like science fiction to me, you know? And so I guess where the rubber meets the road with all of this is that paranormal activity is one of those things that is absolutely my button, you know? Not afraid of slashers. I'm not afraid of monsters. Number one, because I might be, uh, you know, there's a 50-50 chance I'll be able to kick some serial killer's ass. And there's, at least I believe, there's a 100% chance that monsters don't even fucking exist. So neither of those things fill, fill me with very much fear and trepidation. When you start talking about demons and shit, yeah, I absolutely believe in that. And the thing about it is, you know, being able to defend yourself, like if you know how to fight, isn't going to help you. Or if you have a gun, isn't going to help you. You know, or hell, for that matter, you got a Mustang GT that you fixed up and it can go really fast and get you the hell out of town really, really fast. Well, that ain't going to help you either, you know? I mean, you know, there's... Well, again, not I don't want to go too far into religious territory here, but I believe there's only one remedy, uh, you know, for demonic problems and stuff that I believe can happen if you allow them to. They certainly, I think they can happen. And that's more or less where we find ourselves with the paranormal activity movies. So um, hopefully I've done a pretty good job of setting the table on all of this and saying that I want to say it was uh, a couple of weeks ago, by the time that you guys are hearing this, I just kind of had a yen to watch some scary movies. And I thought, well, if I want to watch scary movies, to me, not that the, not that paranormal activity or like that series of movies, like these are the scariest fucking things ever, you know, because I don't really think they are, but they're in, I guess, kind of the milieu of stuff that I personally find to be the scariest. And so there you have it. So, you know, short story long, basically what I wanted to do is just watch some scary movies and paranormal 
activity, like the the series, the paranormal activity uh, series, seemed like a pretty good a pretty good choice. So that's what I did. So I watched the movies in order, and really the only one I skipped was the marked ones. And I don't want to get you know too far off in the weeds on all of this. And in fact, before I even go any further with that, spoiler alert: if you've never seen these movies and and uh, you want to preserve some kind of element of surprise for yourself, you may want to stop listening right now because I don't know exactly what I'm going to say because I usually just podcast and make shit up as I go along. But I don't know what I'm going to say, but what I what I think I might end up doing here is blowing the lid off of everything. So if you think that there's a possibility that you might sit down someday and want to watch all of the Paranormal Activities movies and preserve some element of surprise for yourself... Now's a good time to switch to something else to listen to. So anyway, there's your spoiler alert. Now, uh, let me think. Where, oh yeah, uh, the marked ones, right? So uh, that was really the only one uh, that I skipped. And that was because uh, Paranormal Activity, the marked ones, as a movie, it's not really a sequel in the strictest sense of the word. It's... It's kind of like a spin-off, you know? It's kind of an optional sort of a thing that you can watch. And if you choose to watch it, great. You're not really gaining anything. If you choose not to watch it, great. You're not really losing anything. I would almost want to compare it in a weird kind of way to watching Buffy and watching Angel. If you watch them both, well, you're getting you're getting the whole story, right? But... I never really developed a taste for Angel myself, and so I would just watch Buffy. And then I honestly cannot think of anything that was on Buffy that required me to watch Angel. Now, what I'm told is that there are certain things that happened in Buffy that maybe have a little bit more emotional content to them if you're also watching Angel in tandem with it. But if you're not, you're not really losing out on anything to do with like the meat of the story. You know what I mean? And so that's pretty much, I I think you can say the same thing for paranormal activity, the marked ones, right? It's a spinoff. It's completely optional. If you want to watch it, go right ahead. If you want to skip it, that's okay too. So I chose to skip it since I saw it once already. So what's the big deal? So anyway, so I watched to finally get down to brass tacks here, I watched the Paranormal Activity uh, movies, starting with the first one and then uh, finishing off with The Ghost Dimension. And I got to tell you, you know, uh, people can say, you know, whatever they want about these movies, that they're this, they're that, they're the other thing. But at least in in my experience, all right, for my participation in... I guess, the horror movie genre. Paranormal Activity as a film series is kind of unique in as much as, you know what? Son of a bitch. This thing is telling a story. Now, for some of you, that may seem a little whatever, but guys, for me, that was that was kind of... that was kind of an eye-opening moment because I'm at a real loss even now, to think of another horror movie series that tells a story, you know? Honestly, the very closest that I can think of is 
the Scream, I guess at this point it's the Scream Quadrilogy. And that, it kind of tells a story, but m really more what it does is it gives uh, Sidney Prescott a character arc. She starts off a certain way in the first Scream movie. And then when you, when you get to the end of Scream 4, in ways that are obvious and not so obvious, she's a different person, you know? And so, you know, like I say, I mean, that's not really like a story story, but there is a real noticeable, measurable character arc for Sydney in the Scream movies. But that was, that really was the best that I could think of, you know? And Paranormal Activity doesn't really have too much in the way of character arcs, at least that I can think of offhand, but it definitely does tell a story, right? And so, like I say, spoilers apply here, but in the first Paranormal Activity movie, we basically get, this would basically set the tone for everything that, that, that comes later, but the, the kind of down and dirty, fast Wikipedia synopsis here is, set in 2006, a young couple, which is to say Katie and Micah, who have recently moved into a new house in San Diego, California, are terrorized by a demon that Katie believes has been following her all her life. The film is designed to look like a found footage-styled film with Mika uh, filming the activity in their house. And then the movie ends with uh, basically uh, Katie being uh, possessed. And it happens off-screen, but she kills Mika, right? And then that's basically that, you know? And so that's how the first movie ends. And so if you just watch that, you know what? It's it's pretty tense. It's pretty scary. There's all kinds of weird shit that's happening and, you know, what's going on and, and all of this. And so it works fine, I guess, you know, and this is the point. It works fine as a standalone piece. You know, if you just want to watch the first Paranormal Activity movie and then just call it a day after that, kind of like I did with The Exorcist. I haven't seen any of the other Exorcist movies. I've just seen the first one. And then that was basically it for me when it comes to The Exorcist, you know? Don't really need to see sequels to that because what are they going to do, you know? I mean, how are they going to compare? I may end up eating my words later on, but at least for right now, it just doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of there there, you know? So anyway, same thing goes really for... Uh, the the first Paranormal Activity movie. If you just want to watch that and then just skip all of the rest of them, not even bother watching them, I think you can do it. And you know what? This is not a bad little um, one-and-done type of horror movie if that's where you want to, you know, pull the plug. But when you get into Paranormal Activity 2, that's when shit takes a turn. And the reason for that is because Paranormal Activity 2 is a prequel to the first Paranormal Activity movie, right? Uh, it, 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 again, Wikipedia uh, synopsis here says, Set again in 2006, several weeks before the events of the first film, Katie's, sis Katie's sister Christy and her family, who reside in Carlsbad, California, experience strange activity after Christy's baby son, Hunter, is born. The film uses security cameras and a, hand and a handheld camera used in some scenes to film the activity in the house. And basically, what ends up happening near the end of the movie 
is that Christie's kind of jackass of a husband uh, forces the demon away from Christie, sicks the demon on Katie. And so that's that's why this demonic presence just randomly popped up in Katie, uh, Katie and Mika's life in the first movie. It wasn't random. He was sent there, you know? So that's the first twist. The second twist comes when uh, the timeline sink, uh, sinks back up with itself at the end of the movie. Uh, a fully possessed, or at least I assume it's a possessed, uh, Katie uh, basically goes to Christie's house, kills her husband, then kills Christie, and then kidnaps uh, baby Hunter, right? And it's like, okay, so this is at once a sequel to the first movie, in that one brief moment, it's a sequel to the first movie, but it's also a prequel to the first movie that it gives the first movie all of this extra uh, context and uh, story bullshit that just did not exist in the original one. Now it's like this is I mean, it was first off, it was always a tragedy because this dude, you want to talk about a tragedy. It's a fucking tragedy to be de like demonically oppressed in some type of a way. But to discover that the reason that this is happening to Katie is because of Christie's jackass husband. Wow. And so, in a weird kind of way, that makes the comeuppance that he gets at the end of the movie, instead of being completely tragic unto itself, it is, in a weird kind of way, it is sort of, in a sense, justice for what he did, what he knowingly did to Katie, you know? And so, I mean, I'm not saying it's okay, you know, to go around committing murder, obviously. I'm just saying that there is justice in that, you know? And so, you know, I saw that and I, I, like I said, I mean, that's when this kind of stopped being just like, you know, ooh, scary movies. Let's, well, let's go watch one, you know? And it kind of became, okay, wow. So there's a real story that's going on here, right? Well, I remembered bits and pieces of Paranormal Activity 3 from when I'd seen it in, in uh, the movie theater. And I thought, you know, I kind of want to watch that now and see see how things stack up so i did and the uh, wikipedia summary here says set in 1988 paranormal activity 3 focuses on a younger katie and christy who live with their mother julie and julie's boyfriend dennis in santa rosa california as they encounter toby the demon for the first time concerned dennis decides to set up a few cameras around the house one of which is attached to a small oscillating fan that moves the camera back and forth. The film also uses a handheld camera. And one of the things that, that, that comes out in all of this is son of a bitch. Uh, Grandma Lois, which is to say Katie and Christie's grandmother, she's actually uh, in, in some way or another in cahoots with, with Toby. right? And you get the idea that she knows exactly what's going on here, and she's obviously okay with it, you know, with um, her daughter being murdered by Toby the demon, with Dennis being murdered by Toby, you know, on and on and on. And all of this is okay with her on some level. And in fact, you know what? When you really start thinking about it, you kind of realize she's actually the ringleader of all of this. All right? She basically victimized her own family, which of course raises all kinds of other questions. And so it's like, wow, now this really is a story. I mean, 
like in Paranormal Activity 2, you get that kind of a, you get the twist of, you know, that this is a prequel and it basically sets up the events of the first movie. But then in Paranormal Activity 3, we start getting into, I don't even know what else to call it, except I guess like the mythos of things a little bit. And, you know, what exactly the history of all of this stuff is, you know, where did this all come from and, and how is this happening and, you know, who, what, where, when, and why, and all of that. And, you know, those questions, they get asked and they somewhat get answered in Paranormal Activity 3. And, you know, doing the rewatch, I was like, wow, this is actually, I mean, look, this is not the most sophisticated story that anybody's ever told. I mean, I'd, I'd never make that claim. But at the same time, I mean, you know, it is, I think, kind of inventive, you know, for the horror genre that it has this story that that kind of um, builds up upon itself, you know. And as I talk about all this now, what I'm reminded of is actually the Saw uh, series of movies, which I'm told they did have a story, too, now, now that I now, now that I think about it. So. I don't really know very much about that story. So I, you know, I'm not the guy to, you know, uh, I'm not the guy to talk to, you know, about how well it, how well written it is, how well it all stacks up or anything like that. But I, now that I think about it, I think I may have, uh, misspoke when I, or misspoken, misspoke or misspoken. I don't know, whatever the fucking word is. When I said that, you know, this is, this is the only, uh, a horror series I know of that has like a real story to it. Well, I guess there's Saw as well, but I've not seen all of the Saw movies. I don't especially want to see all of the Saw movies. So anyway, so, but like I say, the point is, you know, there's like, there's like a real story that's going on here now, you know? And again, this is something that I just did not get, you know, did not realize that this was even going on, you know, because I was only watching these things like out of context with everything else. But if you watch carefully, you know, there's all these little bits of, you know, continuity administrivia that's going on. And, you know, there's, for those of you who, who, who get off on that a little bit, you know, uh, figuring out how all the different pieces of things fit together, you know, all these story elements and how they all weave together and all that. Well, there's plenty here to chew on, put it that way. So, Moving right along, we get into Paranormal Activity 4. Now, guys, I'm going to be the first to admit that Paranormal Activity 4 really isn't in the same uh, category as as far as quality. Paranormal Activity 4 just really isn't in, in the same category as the first three. You know, I don't remember in Paranormal Activity 1, 2, or 3 there being a whole lot of uh, jump scares, you know, and I define jump scares as the kind of a red herring scare. Oh my God, what's that? Oh, it's the cat, you know, um, or somebody just randomly wanders into a frame specifically to startle somebody else, you know, and the audience, you know, kind of cheap bullshit like that, you know, jump scares, right? Those kind of phony baloney jump scares, right? That's not really an element of paranormal activity one, two, or three, at least that I can remember. But there were a couple of those in Paranormal Activity 4 where it was just the cat. Or somebody walks into a room and they start calling out to calling out somebody's name. That person doesn't answer. And then they just wander into the frame. Hi, what do you want? You know, fucking nobody does that. Nobody does that in real life, right? But fucking it happens all the time 
in these uh, kind of lamer type of uh, uh, horror movies where basically you have a director who just, for whatever reason, doesn't understand you shouldn't fucking jump scare like that because it's stupid, it's cheap, and it ultimately it works to undermine the really scary stuff that happens, you know? So yeah, anyone who wants to say that Paranormal Activity 4 just isn't really as good as what came before. Well, you got a leg to stand on, put it that way. So anyway, but nevertheless, we do get some, we do get a little bit more information about what exactly the history of, uh, of all of this is. Not much, but a, a, a tiny little bit. Basically, uh, the daughter, whose name escapes me, uh, the daughter in the movie basically theorizes to her boyfriend that Grandma Lois must have made a deal. She must have sold her soul for something. And honestly, one of the most common things that people sell their souls for is money. And so the daughter basically says, what if she sold her soul for money and the price that she was going to have to pay, apart from her soul, the price that she was going to have to pay was the next male heir in her line. And yeah, that's exactly what we saw happen in Paranormal Activity 2. You know, and it kind of explains why was it that Toby was ever in these girls' lives in the first place? Well, yeah, Grandma Lois was there and she's obviously in cahoots with Toby somehow, but... Seriously, what is the connection here? Well, Paranormal Activity 4, love it or hate it, explains that. You know, it says basically that uh, Grandma Lois sold her soul and the price that she was ultimately going to have to pay was, was going to be that the next male heir in her line is going to belong to Toby. And that's where Hunter comes into this, right? Baby Hunter. And there's some other stuff that's going on with Hunter as well, but, you know, whatever. The point is, no, this is not as good as what came before. I would be the first to admit that. And actually, you know what, to, to take it a, a step even further, you know, the conceit that you kind of have to make with a lot of these found footage movies is that all of them, I don't care what they are or what the subject matter might be, all of them are impossible because sooner or later you get to the thrilling conclusion and right around the time you get to a thrilling conclusion in real life you know what people do they either die or else they drop their little video camera or their iphone or whatever they're using and they run for their lives what they don't do is stare death in the eye holding a camera as they do it it's pretty fucking rare all right. And so it's one of those things it can take you out of any mo any found footage movie if you let it. But the thing is, with Paranormal Activity 1, 2 and 3, it's like, yeah, you're intellectually aware of the fact that nobody in his right mind would keep filming after a certain point because they just run for it or they would die. One of the two or I guess maybe even both. But, you know, they would not keep filming. All right. I mean, either death or running for their lives. One of those two things is going to happen, right? And honestly, like I say, not a problem, at least not really with Paranormal Activity 1, 2, and 3. 
I at least was kind of engrossed in the movies such that, yeah, I was aware of that, but it just, it didn't bother me, you know? Fucking, it bothered me in Paranormal Activity 4 just because, you know, the fucking horror movie cliches are starting to come out here, you know, the jump scares and all that. And you kind of start, it's like the part of you that was invested in the first three movies. It's like now you're kind of starting to, you know, pick things apart a little bit and you're starting to be a little bit more rational, you know? And I think that, you know, like that just works to undermine, you know, your enfranchisement in the story. You know what I mean? So anyway, whatever. Probably talking more about Paranormal Activity 4 than it's actually worth anyway. But I just want to throw all of that out there just to say it. So anyway, moving right along, uh, the next one in sequence is Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones, which I skipped. So we're going to move right ahead to Paranormal Activity, The Ghost Dimension, which is to say the thrilling conclusion of the entire series. And basically it comes down to this. Set in 2013, Paranormal Activity, The Ghost Dimension, follows the, I don't even know how to pronounce this family's name, the Fleeges, a family of three who, after having relocated to a house in Santa Rosa, California, discover several tapes that show Katie and Christy in the midst of their initiation ritual to a to enter a demonic coven 21 years earlier. The family begin to be haunted by the demon when the daughter, Leela, is targeted as she was born on the same date as uh, that of a boy from a uh, previous uh, chapter, which is to say Hunter. Along with normal recorders, the family also discover a unique video recorder that can show supernatural happenings, which they use to record the increasing paranormal activities. Huh? You see what they did there? So anyway, and basically this is um, the end of the series, right? Now, this basically is the one that kind of lays all of the cards out on the table. What was this really all about? You know, why? I mean, yeah, we know how, I guess, the hows and the whys of Toby's association with Grandma Lois and what was going on there. But what does Toby want to achieve? What is he trying to gain here? You know, uh, what's his mission? You know, what, like, what, like he's obviously working towards some kind of a goal. So the fuck is it? Well, this movie answers that question, right? And honestly, it answers it in such a way as to use time travel. And it's one of those things that doesn't completely make sense because... There, like I say, there's time travel involved, and if... Well, fuck it, I'm just going to spoil it. Basically, Toby wants a body of his own. He's basically a disembodied spirit, and what he wants is a body of his own, you know? And so he basically uses children that have birth dates that add up to 666, uses their blood, and from that creates a body of his own, right? Which comes to life, so to speak, in the year 1992. Even though this movie takes place in 2013. So, what the fuck? You know, I mean, if he achieved what he set out to achieve in 1992, then what has this all been about, you know? And it, and it kind of leads back to, like, um, I guess, like, the paradoxical issue of uh, time travel, you know, is it paradoxical or is it fulfillment, you know, and all of those sorts of things. And this seems very paradoxical to me. So whatever. The point is that's 
that's his objective. That's what he wants to achieve. And indeed, he does achieve it in the ghost dimension. So, you know, I guess you can enjoy or not enjoy the final product. I at least enjoyed the idea that, you know, we were getting answers to all of this. And, you know, there's going to be an explanation for everything. And that all the cards are basically laid out on the table, you know. And, you know, as I say all of that, what I realize is, you know, there have, there's got to be people out there that just didn't get into the ghost dimension as much. In fact, probably didn't get into any of the paranormal activity movies after the third one. I completely understand where you're coming from, you know. But, you know, I, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, I didn't... I originally came, you know, for all the thrills and the spills and all that stuff. And, but I stayed for the story and the story got resolved. Now, I'm not especially fond of the resolution, but as Professor Allen is wont to say, endings are hard, you know? And so, I mean, I guess it's one thing to, you know, pick apart, you know, what kind of time travel is, is this? And isn't this paradoxical because he's achieving his goal in the past and uh, eyes crossed. So, you know, who knows, you know, but you know, the ride I think is pretty good. You know, I mean, I'm not like, like I say, I'm not a big, you know, horror movie guy to begin with anyway, but you know, considering that this is my button and this touches upon issues and subjects that I, I really do believe in, you know, it is kind of a fun ride. You know, so anyway, I think these movies are worth watching and I don't, I don't begrudge the time that I spent watching them, not least because, you know, I ate a shit ton of popcorn and it, you know, if there's one thing I love doing, it's watching movies. But if there's two things I love doing, it's watching movies and eating popcorn. And I got to watch movies and eat popcorn. So, you know, I'm going to be happy as a clam. Whatever that means. So, anyway, it's kind of like so. On the one hand, it's like I want to be careful in how I say this because it's kind of hard for me to intellectually justify recommending a horror movie to anybody. But you know, I, I don't know if you're into horror movies and if you like story the way that I do. Yeah, there are there are worse movies you could watch. So anyway, now. One second while I get a sip off of my water here. I'm also going to get a uh, drag off of uh, my e-cig too. Now, to get down to uh, to brass tacks here, you know, one of the reasons that you guys are listening to this right now is because I know that I'm supposed to be talking about weird stuff with Chris Honeywell right now, but, you know, it's the same old song and dance. You know, he and I had a very hard time getting our schedules to sync up. And this isn't one of those things where one person is at fault and the other one's a victim or anything. No, it's not like that. It's just that, you know, he has a life and I have a life and 
we weren't really able to get to get things uh, synced up. Now, for those of you who don't know, I released 200 episodes of this show on a weekly basis. You know, I made you guys a promise when this show first started up back in 2013. Every single week, you're going to get a new episode of my show. You know, every single week, you know, you can count on it. It's always going to be there. And I did that for 200 fucking episodes. And so, in case any of you didn't know, I no longer hold myself to that. If I can get an episode out in a given week, fine. If I can't, well, tough toenails. I mean, I released 200 of these things for, like I say, you know, all the, for all of those years, you know, from uh, August of 2013, I think is when the show started going right on through to whenever episode 200 uh, came out. I've proven by now that I can do it, and so I don't really feel as much pressure to do it as I used to, you know? So by itself, that probably would have been enough for me to just not release something this week, and I'll, I'll release another episode of the show after Honeywell and I have had a chance to get together and uh, talk about the subject of weird stuff that he and I have in mind. And so, you know, that is absolutely an option. You know, I didn't want to exercise that option in this particular case, though, because like I said, you know, I, as it turns out, I did have something that I wanted to talk about right now. It is kind of timely because, like I say, you know, we're getting into the Halloween season. And, you know, no, Halloween is not exactly, you know, my favorite time of the year. I mean, over and above everything else, I'm a Christmas guy. I was Christmas born and Christmas bred. When I die, Christmas dead. You know, I'm a Christmas fanboy from way back. But I do kind of like Halloween, you know? I do kind of like, you know, the the thrill of it, you know? And it seemed like this might be kind of a, a neat time to talk about some horror movies and stuff. So, you know, whatever. But like I say, I know that I'm supposed to be talking about weird stuff right now. And, you know, I'm believe me, I'm sensitive to that. But it just, I, you know, he and I, uh, Honeywell and I just couldn't couldn't make it work, you know? just sucks but you know that's what happened but you know any of you who are begrudging that keep in mind that the alternative would have been radio silence from me until such time as he and i can get together to record another episode which for all anybody knows could take six months so i don't know you can either listen to me you know ramble about paranormal activity movies or you can get nothing for it could be six months like i say i mean who knows so, under the circumstances, I think we've chosen the lesser evil here, you know what I mean? So, anyway. So, that, I think, is pretty much it for me this week. I know it's kind of a short episode this week, but, you know, sometimes short episodes, that's what you want. So, anyway. Like I said, I think that's pretty much it for me this week. So, as to next week, what I'm going to be talking about is more Smallville. And, in fact, if memory serves, next week, I'm going to be um, finishing up the the fifth season uh, retrospective, and there is a lot to talk about with the fifth season, especially the finale thereof, so something to look forward to. But anyway, so that, I think, is pretty much it for me this week, so bye, everybody. I will see you next week.
And now, a dramatic reading. What you gonna do with all that junk? All that junk inside your trunk? I'm a get, 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 get you drunk. Get you love drunk off my hump. My hump, my hump. My hump, my hump. My hump, my hump. My hump, my hump. My lovely little lumps. Check it out. I drive these brothers crazy. I do it on the daily. They treat me really nicely. They buy me all these ice, Dolce and Gabbana, Fendi and Madonna, Karen, baby Sharon, all their money got me wearing fly. Whether I ain't asking, they say they love my ass in seven jeans. True religion. I say no, that they keep giving, so I keep taking. And no, I ain't taking. We can keep on dating. Now keep on demonstrating. Thirty years ago, I walked into a comic store, and I picked up G.I. Joe and the Transformers number one. A month later, I came back. They say every journey has a first step. Every story has a beginning. This is mine. I may have begun my comics collecting career in earnest in 1990, but from the fall of 1986 until the fall of 1987, I was a regular at my LCS. So in honor of 30 years of collecting comics, I'll be recapping and reviewing all of them on the days they originally came out. So join me, Tom Panneries, for Origin Story, a podcast miniseries starting this September at popcultureaffidavit.com and twotruefreaks.com. That's just about the end of that. Trennis Magnus Punches Reality is a proud member of the Two True Freaks podcast network. You can find the home for Trennis Magnus Punches Reality on Facebook just by searching for Trentus Magnus Punches Reality. There you can interact with your fellow listeners and also see notifications of new episodes when I put them up. You can friend me on Facebook just by searching for Trentus Magnus which is spelled T-R-E-N-T-U-S-M-A-G-N-U-S. You can email me and my parole officer at trennismagnus at gmail.com. Do you have a suggestion for a topic? Feel free to email me, and I might consider thinking about 
the possibility of potentially discussing whatever you have in mind someday. And that's a promise. Do you have a podcast of your own? If so, why not record a promo for me to play on my show? It's quick, easy, and can help you spread the word about your show. I'm always looking for more promos to play. Keep it fairly short, and yours could be next. My promos can be found at this show's homepage for those interested. Just look for the promos section. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at twotruefreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, Two True Freaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the Two True Freaks at the same time. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. The contents of this podcast are fictitious, hypothetical, and probably completely unnecessary. Any similarity to living persons or real-life events is purely coincidental and void where prohibited by law, some assembly required, batteries not included. The white zone is for passenger loading and unloading only. All models are over the age of 18. Trennis Magnus Punches Reality is a Magnus Media Enterprises Limited production in association with Demanzacor of Milan, Italy.